You're tuned in to The Todd Coconato Show, otherwise known as The Remnant, one of the most listened to podcasts in the Christian community. You can visit our website, toddcoconato.com, and now broadcasting live around the world from Music City, USA, Nashville, Tennessee, here's the host of the show, Pastor Todd Coconato. Welcome to the broadcast, A Strategic Shift. That's what I'm talking about today. We're going to get into several different posts that I've put up on social media on the at Real Todd Coconato Facebook page, which, by the way, is heavily censored. And all of our other broadcasts and pages, and we put up our information on many different sites. You can go to ToddCoconato.com or PastorTodd.org, which is our website, PastorTodd.org, and you can find where we post on social media. I want to welcome you to the broadcast today. Uh, let me just give you this update. So, first of all, I want to thank those that have stood with us. In this critical hour, it's a critical hour for for the nation and for the body of Christ. And we're in a a season of what I'm calling strategic mobilization. The battle is intense. It it feels like, you know, the enemy is persecuting us, attacking us from all different sides. And yet we feel the favor and the anointing of the Holy Spirit in a mighty way. I have uh, personally been in a season of consecration and separation because I believe that's what God has called me to do. Now, I'm not a separatist. I believe greatly in unity, but I can't unify with charlatans or heretics or people that are uh, pushing things that are untrue or, you know, more worried about building their ministry, filling their coffers. There's a lot of that in the body of Christ. I know you know what I'm talking about. We don't lack the money in the body of Christ. It's just misallocated. And unfortunately, there's some people that are tickling ears in both uh, messages and prophecies that are getting exuberant amounts of money coming in because they are saying things that people want to hear. And there is another group of people, that that's us, the remnant people, that are sounding the alarm, that have an urgency. There is a way forward. There is true hope, but we have to get real and serious because no one's going to fight our battle for us other than the Lord when we take our positions and stand. But we have to take our positions and stand. We can't just expect that God is just going to do everything without us doing something because we have to be a repentant people that's why Second Chronicles 7.14 says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face. It's an if my people moment. And the, the church, the body of Christ is the ecclesia. That is his people. Those are his people. And God is calling us to come out from this Babylon system and not to just expect that he changes the rules. We're a country that's in complete disobedience. That's literally walked into we've gone off the moral cliff i mean russia is looking more moral than the united states these days you know that they're actually standing for biblical morals and principles more than the united states is so why does this nation not deserve judgment we do deserve judgment but there's a praying remnant that's you that's me that are standing and we are calling upon the name of the lord and the bible says those who call upon the name of the lord shall be saved so i believe the reason why this country is still here and i've said this many times is because of the praying remnant. But the deal is, we've got to get strategic in this hour. It is it is high time. We are people of action. And so, you know, we're in a, a strategic mobilization season. And we're in an intense battle. And if you're standing for righteousness, for truth, for the entirety of the word of God, you're in a battle. You have spiritual warfare around you. Family members are freaking out on you. People at work, you've, you've had real challenges. See, the people that are, it seems like everything's just perfect, they're probably the ones that aren't standing. They're, they're the ones that are tickling ears and doing the bidding of Satan, basically, by not equipping the saints, by, by, by basically uh, just being stagnant. And that's what the enemy wants. So 
I'll read that in just a few minutes because I posted about that the other day. But I want to talk about the strategic um, update that we're doing. This called strategic mobilization. Is God's been speaking in my heart in recent weeks very clearly, and I believe the Holy Spirit has prompted us to be more focused than ever before in spending our time and energy on doing exactly. Listen to this exactly what God has put on our hearts in the overall vision of this ministry and and this body and this 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 you know this remnant community which I believe you're a part of, especially if you're a regular listener. This remnant community, we've got to be strategic. We've got to be focused on what the Spirit is speaking to us. Do you hear what I'm saying? We've got to be focused on what God is telling us to do, and we've got to do that. We can't get distracted. There's a lot of distractions out there, and I believe this is exactly what the enemy wants to do. He wants to distract us. He wants us to be weary. He wants us to feel defeated. He wants us to be distracted. The strategic shift means only aligning with others of like mind. Now, this is where the book, Come Out From Among Them, which is available at pastortodbook.org, uh, pastortodbook.com, excuse me, pastortodbook.com. Uh, this is where I wrote this book and it really changed my life. You know, if you know the story of the book, I had an angelic visitation where the angels said, come out from among them and be consecrated. And I believe it was when I was sleeping, but it was so realistic. I can't really tell if I was awake or I was asleep. All I know is I had this very real encounter with a messenger angel that said those two things and then left come out from among them be consecrated be set apart and so that's where i wrote the book come out from among them and what i believe that god has shown me in this time it's been a two-year period now since that august visitation two years ago i really believe that there's a lot of leaven there's a lot of compromise in the body of christ my, my wife reads these message boards here in nashville like nashville moms groups and things like that and all the time, we, we're marveling at some of these posts. People are, are asking, hey, do you know of a social justice church in Nashville? Do you know of a church that stands with LGBTQ? Do you know a church that's, that's uh, aligned with the values of, of this administration? I mean, when we see these posts, I'm like, are you kidding me? How in the world could somebody say that's a church? That's a church of Satan is what it is. It's certainly not a church of the Lord, a, a progressive left-leaning you know, church that believes in the killing of babies and same-sex marriage and all this compromise that that is about as far off from i mean that is not a church and any pastor that's saying that that that's a church he's not a pastor not a real pastor because real pastors stick to the word of god so we've got to be aligning with others of like mind also this truth community i've said this before i'll say it again we we love truth do you love truth i love truth I stand for truth. Truth sets the captive free, right? Truth is so important. But here's the thing. We, we hold to, to truth when it comes to news, when it comes to what's going on in Ukraine, when it comes to, you know, geopolitics and things that are going on. It's all about truth, right? This The truth community. That's what we believe. You know, patriots and people that are standing. But why is it that we tolerate false prophecy? False prophecy is not truth. When you got somebody that's made 88 false prophecies and yet they're still on a patriot tour, you got to think about that. What, wait a minute here. And I'm not against the person. I don't like want to you know, ruin their life or anything. But look, if I said 88 things that weren't true in the name of Jesus and said God said, you better believe that either this ministry would be done or I'd be uh, taking a season off to get some healing and, and actually learn what I was doing was wrong and, and humbly repent to the body of Christ. So truth community, listen, come out from among them means don't stand with people that are making false statements. I don't care if it's a preacher, a prophet, or somebody that's in the political arena or whatnot. We've got to stand for truth in all areas. Do you agree with that or not? 
I mean, it, it, it sounds pretty basic and, you know, matter of fact, but for some reason, some people aren't getting it. And I'm not against any person. I'm just saying we, we've got to, st- if we're going to stand for truth, we've got to stand for truth. Otherwise, we're not really standing for truth, right? So strategic shift coming out from among them, others that are not of like mind, teaching and equipping the saints through, our, we do five weekly television and radio show broadcasts. I got the uh, Firepower Show now with Mario Murillo. Uh, we do this weekly broadcast. We do the WCF Radio in Los Angeles weekly broadcast. Uh, we do the Todd Coconado Show weekly. We do Sunday service, and we do Friday night service. So we're very, very busy. And our, and our broadcasting reaches millions of people, by the way, only by the grace of God and by your help, because it's expensive to get this all done. But thank you to the partners that believe in this ministry. We've got to stand for truth and righteousness, amen? So having strategic meetings to influence culture, I do this on a regular basis, helping those in need. Isn't that what the scripture says? We got to help people in need. Uh, that's, that's what we're supposed to do, care for the poor, care for the needy. I see a lot of ministries getting millions of dollars and yet they have no outreach. Why? Isn't that what the church is supposed to do? We're supposed to outreach you know, keeping uh, our evangelistic outreach at the very top of our priority list. That's what we're doing here. And also means disconnecting from some other previous commitments, travel and conferences to do these things. It's a strategic uh, mobilization is where we are. We're going into a very important year. Now, we know the only way to win in this major battle that we're in is if we truly change the hearts and minds of the folks by influencing as many people as possible and getting them saved, set free, healed and delivered. By the way, this this coming week here in Nashville for the 18th, 19th, and 20th, we're going to have the remnant retreat. If you're able to get to the RRC, there are still a few seats left. We would love for you to come out here and be a part of what God's going to do. It's not going to be like other conferences. We are going to get into the nitty gritty, and we are going to talk about things that you will not hear anybody else, anywhere else, and we can't stream everything, by the way. So if you can make it out here, you can sign up. Go to toddcoconado.com slash events toddcoconado.com slash events and sign up and come to the RRC here in Nashville. Now, we know the only way to win in this major battle we are in is if we truly change the hearts and minds of the folks by influencing as many people as possible and getting them saved, set free, healed, and delivered. I'm going to continue this conversation. A strategic mobilization is what we're calling this, a strategic shift. And we've got to do this as we go in. The Lord really pressed this on my heart as we go into this election season. And there's so much going on in our world. How are we going to be the most effective for the kingdom and to save this country, to take a stand for righteousness? Do you agree with that? All right, we'll be right back. All right, welcome back to the Todd Coconado Show. We're talking about this very important strategic shift that the Lord's put on my heart and our strategy going forward into 2024 which is going to be a very critical year for America. And we've got to get our minds and our hearts ready because it's not going to be easy, friends. I wish I could tell you it was. A lot of people promised a lot of things, but it's not going to be easy. And so we've got to have our hearts and minds ready, and yet we are going to be effective. And I was talking about getting people saved, set free, healed, delivered. That is the answer for America, is a move of God. And we've seen an undercurrent of revival but it needs to increase and we need to speak truth and preachers need to preach boldly from the platform. We can't hold back. I've taken the gloves off. Some people are angered by it, but I don't care. I have to do what God has called me to do. That's the most important thing. And so as a result, we're going to be 
uh, streamlining our efforts and focusing our resources on what is most effective and what is most needed. Well, there's three areas here that we're focused on. I'll go through those real quick, and I want to get into the meat of what I want to talk about today. Uh, we're doing the TV, radio, and podcast. That's You're listening to this. Um, our media ministry has received 42 million people, uh, reached 42 million people so far in 2023, according to our stats, and all our channels uh, combined, that is. 42 million people. We've seen over 3,200 verified souls come to know Jesus during this time. That's a lot. Now, of course, there's more, but that's what we can verify. Uh, those are people that have actually reached out to the ministry at some capacity and said they've gotten saved, and that's a lot, by the way. Um, this has already exceeded last year's numbers. We also help counsel and disciple many from around the nation and the world each day. We're very busy. We've got the Remnant Revival Center, if you haven't heard. It's here in Nashville. It's called the RRC, the Remnant Revival Center, and it's in Gallatin, Tennessee, and we meet on Friday nights at 6 p.m. Friday nights at 6 p.m. It's 425 East Main Street here in Gallatin area, and that's in Tennessee, and uh, it's in full swing. It's our prototype worship facility. We plan to you know, open more of these around the country uh, where we will hold weekly meetings and gatherings, probably daily at some point. I can't even begin to share all the testimony of what's happened there. It's a refuge and a house of worship where many are getting touched each week, and it's only just begun. So come and visit, if you can, on a Friday night at 6 p.m. at the RRC. And then, of course, we have our evangelistic outreach. We believe now more than ever we must impact the community and influence those in government and other positions of power. We utilize what I call the trifecta of the Religious Liberty Coalition, Remnant.News, and the media ministry, the RRC, our online channels, and holding uh, in-person meetings with officials, which we still do. Uh, we can effectively do this in a way that initiates true change, but we're striving more than ever to win souls daily for the kingdom and stand up for biblical morals and values in our culture. Uh, that is a no-brainer. I think everybody on here would agree with that. And I just want to thank those that have partnered with us. Uh, we could not be doing this without you, without your help. We treasure you. We treasure your obedience, your faithfulness. And also, if you're not currently a ministry partner, please consider becoming one with this ministry. Uh, there are only a handful of ministries in this country, I can tell you that for a fact, that are taking this type of bold stand. This is good ground, and we are a ministry of action. And everything you donate goes directly to these efforts. So we truly need your help, your support, your prayers more than ever. And I am praying God's favor and blessing upon you, uh, the partners out there, and those that are feeling the call to help us. A lot of people say, what can I do? This is what you can do. Uh, and together we're going to make a huge difference we occupy until he comes we're on the winning team and this is the time to stand more than ever and of course you can go to my website pastortodd.org and you can find out everything that we're doing there including how to become a partner pastortodd.org thank you so much for allowing me to share that update now i want to get into uh, the next uh, thing that i want to talk about today and this was something that i posted about the other day which I just really feel this is where we are, friends. I really feel it's an if my people moment. You know, we've got to look at what the scripture says in Second Chronicles seven fourteen, and we've got to apply it. And we can't expect that God is going to change the, the rules. He's a very consistent God, very consistent. And so I believe we're at a crossroads. And many are realizing that many of the promises and the words that many people gave uh, are not going to happen prior to 24. You know what I'm talking about. There was people that were saying Trump is going to be reinstated and the military is in control and other things like that. Why? Well, because they were never from God. These things weren't from God. Uh, they were hopeful things that people said in a time of crisis. I think many of us wanted to believe them. Uh, I think many of us were caught up in them for a minute, uh, but I don't think uh, most of the people meant bad in what they said. Some of them maybe did. 
I think some of them learn that when they say some of these really positive things, they get big donations and they started living high on the hog and high fluty lifestyles. But that, you know, they're going to have to answer to God for that. But nevertheless, look, it's time for us to stand up in prayer and, and in, in doing the work of the kingdom, using the tools that we have against this evil. There, this is evil. And I'm not saying Trump can't win again, but that's not uh, going to be determinative of what we as the body of Christ must be focused on. Trump is not the answer. He is a answer. He, he's a help, but he's not the answer. And so I'm not saying I don't support him because I do. I'm just saying it has to be the church, the body of Christ. The spotlight is on the church. And so we've got to get back to the Bible and do what God says to do what he says in his word in order to please him and get on the righteous path. We can't be afraid as a church to course correct friends. We've got to, I've talked about it before. We've got to course correct and get in the perfect will of God right now. It's, it's essential. It's essential. Uh, the military or even president Trump is not going to fight our battles for us. He, he's in a battle himself, major battle. We must fight them using the tools that God has given us. We are a people of God and we must cry out for this nation in prayer, in fasting, in travailing. The road ahead isn't going to be easy. I know that's not the news that most people want to hear. But here's the thing. God will give us the strength and the strategy we need. I'm not, I'm not saying doom and gloom here. But I'm actually hopeful. Why am I hopeful? Because as long as we think someone else is going to fight our battles for us, we remain stagnant. That's because the plan of the enemy all along is to have a stagnant church. He wants a stagnant church that's addicted to hopium. But when the people of God realize that, hey, we're in trouble, we're in trouble, and begin to actually do what God says to do in his word, things are going to change. See, the devil, he's been so happy that so many Christians go to a meeting and hear a bunch of positive things while he's still moving forward with his plans. What scares the devil and the demonic to death is when the church wakes up and actually does what we're called to do, to stand, to pray, to intercede, to occupy, and to pull down the strongholds, to go into the courts of heaven in prayer. The devil fears a body of Christ that actually knows and understands the power we have. And when we begin to walk that out, what is it? It's fire to go out, to cast out, to drive out. It's that word ekbalo that I talk about. Go out, cast out, drive out. God is ready to move. So no, I'm not doom and gloom. Do I believe that God can and will respond to his righteous remnant? I do. But it may not look like what many have said. It may not look like what many have thought. It may not look like what we thought. Yet his perfect will is the best place to be. So here's the deal. Let's cast down vain imaginations. Let's roll up our sleeves and let's do what the Bible instructs us to do. Then we will see true victory in Jesus' name. See, now is the time to stand. Here's a quote that I said the other day before we go into break. I said, it certainly seems easier to tell people what they want to hear. But if they want to, you know, uh, if they want to say something that isn't true, you not only do them a great disservice, you also have no credibility in the end. I'm in this for the long-term relationship, not for clicks, follows, and likes. I have to answer to God for my actions and what I say. This isn't a game we're in a very serious situation as people in a nation, and we must be sober-minded, vigilant, truthful, actionable, discerning, and walk in righteousness. Many will come and go. I've seen this many times in many years of ministry. Let's stay focused on truth. God's word is truth, and he is with us. Amen? Oh, yeah. That's the truth. So listen, we got a lot more to talk about. Stay tuned. PastorTodd.org is the website, and we're going to get into this very strategic 
conversation of what we do going forward, how we do it. We'll be right back. All right, welcome back to the Todd Coconut Show for this third segment of the show. It's a 14-minute segment, and I'm going to talk about strategic plans, and I think, honestly, one of the biggest strategic plans there are is revival. You know, we've got to have new life. That's what revival is. What, what, what Revival means something was dead. Our country was dead. The church was dead. It was stagnant for many years. Many of you know that. We're watching um, apostasy happening right now. Uh, we're watching a great falling away. Uh, they keep putting articles up, but I believe that there is, in fact, a move of God because people with ears to hear, you, you that are on this broadcast right now, ears to hear. See, revival starts with each of us examining our own hearts and getting to a place of true surrender before the Lord. We got to get to a place of true surrender before the Lord. See, imagine if the body of Christ did this as a whole. Imagine if we got into a place of surrender. We opened up the church. My, my, my house should be a house of prayer. That's what the scripture says, right? It's supposed to be a house of prayer. Imagine if we open it up. We're going to be doing that, by the way, at the Revival Center. We're already opening different nights, and there's going to be a night of prayer now. And so for years, many have sought to operate in a form of godliness while still holding on to key aspects of their former life of sin. And in many churches, this is accepted. And there's been an acceptance here because the norm is fine with them rather than confronting areas of sin and love. They don't want to make confrontation of sin. They don't want to call out sin. They don't want to stand against sin. They don't even want to stand against in their own con in congregation because they're afraid people are going to leave. So many pastors have lost their desire and tenacity to stand firm on God's word and holding the sheep accountable. But that's what sets people up for success. Just face it, many, many pastors are living in sin themselves. You see it all the time. Where, where, where these people fall because they, they allowed an open door in their life. And it's catastrophic. I deal with church hurt all the time. And most of it is pretty valid. I know some people are walking around a spirit of offense and some of the things they believe or say are not exactly true. But there's a lot of people that have seen ridiculous things. Overreach, uh, you know, people taking advantage of different things. So on the corporate side of things, I've seen churches spend millions of dollars, which are church resources, to put on large events, many of which weren't even focused on or related to the harvest. And I'm not, not saying that's always the case, but I've seen it enough times to mention it. I believe this grieves the Lord. It's time for the body of Christ to make some adjustments and to get back to the main mission of the church. We also need to reintroduce accountability, mentorship, and discipleship. God wants all of us to go deep. We got to go in the deep end of our walk with Christ. Deeper waters are where we finally lay down those areas of compromise that we have carried with us throughout our walk. And we get serious as we go deep in our faith. We see the wells of revival beginning to open up more and more. You know, the scripture says deep cries out to deep. That's uh, Psalm 42, 7. Deep cries out to deep. And God is calling his ecclesia, which is the church, to move into a new wineskin season of depth and maturity. We can't be drinking the milk anymore. We got to get in the meat. We need to desire the meat in our faith walk, not just to stay at level one. It's critical that we go deeper in God's word during this time as it's a lamp unto our feet. The Bible tells us that faith comes from hearing the word of God. That's Romans 10, 17. So many churches barely even dig into scripture. And instead, their pastors preach very basic motivational types of messages. And this is part of the, the greater problem that I call microwave Christianity. It, it, people want everything right away, easy. And I know people have been in churches for years 
and they've never spoken to their pastor, not even one time. It's unacceptable. We need shepherds who have love for the people and for leading their flocks. And for America, repentance is a must. Listen, God shared with me that when repentance becomes mainstream, at least within the true church, and we hear this word being preached all around the nation, repentance, repentance, we will see full-blown revival. Why do we stop preaching about these things anyway? It's so important that we preach about the blood of Jesus, repentance of sin, the cross of Calvary, purity and holiness. You see, the microwave Christianity uh, messages of hyper grace and motivational bliss will start to fade as people seek real lions and generals in the pulpit. We began seeing this during the, the C-19 era as people sought leaders who were willing to take a stand and not bow down to the government overreach and tyranny. And both small and large uh, remnant-type congregations witnessed exponential growth during the time. And, and while many of those who shut down for long periods of time and didn't take a stand witnessed their congregations uh, substantially diminish. So people can no longer look to, I believe this, they could no longer look to these weak sauce soy boy leaders. They couldn't. They need lions and generals. People understood that this was a demonic plan and attempt to shut down the church. You remember Newsom in California said, you can't even worship. You can't even, wor- what are you talking about, dude? No one's going to stop me from worshiping. You know, I feel like Daniel, I'll open my window. I'll yell it outside. I'll worship. So it blew my mind that strip clubs and Walmart were open while churches were deemed non-essential. Doesn't that just speak volumes about the state of the American church was in at that time, that churches were non-essential, that our government could deem non-essential? You know, pastor's not essential. Hey, you're not essential. And many Christians would be okay with that, by the way. So it's time for the real church, the essential church, the empowered church, the church of Philadelphia to rise up. The Laodicean churches may in fact be non-essential, but the Philadelphian church certainly is needed, especially right now. And the Bible says the forces of evil will be overcome by the blood of the lamb and by the word of our testimony. That's Revelation 12, 11. So we got to turn from our wickedness and return to our first love, Jesus Christ. There's no path, listen to this, no path to restoring America other than a repentant people of God wholeheartedly turning back to the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. That's it. Um, The American people, the American people are being given a chance, similar to what God allowed in ancient Nineveh. However, here's the, here's the warning. You want a prophecy? Here's a prophecy. Here's the warning of the Lord. If we don't course correct as a nation and the body of Christ, we could go down the path of Sodom and Gomorrah or into captivity like ancient Israel. Our very freedom is at stake and everything is on the line here. You know, the entire post-2020 election period has been a shaking. Have you seen it? It's a shaking. God is using this time to separate the wheat from the chaff and to make it clear who is who. The church is being shaken out of apathy and complacency. We can no longer do business as usual. Something had to change. We could not go down the way that we were. This is why God has allowed this period of time, even though it has been very uncomfortable and quite disruptive. God is using this time to get our attention. It's all about the church and the people of God. The Lord will come back for a church with neither spot nor wrinkle. Oh, you don't believe me? Read Ephesians 5.27. Now, although things appear to be similar now to how the Bible describes the end, the end is not yet. God is infinite in grace and mercy and is allowing this additional time for us to get things right, 
to get as many people saved and set free and healed and delivered as possible. The enemy is counterfeiting what the end will be like in an attempt to paralyze the body of Christ and riddle us with fear. We must recognize this assignment of hell and rise above it in our true identity as a victorious people and children of the Most High God. Complete victory. Think Second Chronicles 20. God goes before us, but we must take our position and stand. It's critical that the body of Christ heed this important warning. The good news is there is still one more round. We are not done. We are not defeated. We can still turn this around. The end is not yet, but time is running out. With all this playing out, I believe we will also see the greatest spiritual harvest in the history of the world. We're on the cusp of this harvest and many are in places where it's already started. Many are catching the fire and hearing the voice of God in dreams and visions. Many have an urgency in their spirits and know that through discernment that something significant has taken place. I believe we're already in revival. It's not the church's mission to attempt to be, quote, relevant. Jesus is always relevant. We must walk in the full counsel of God. We must operate in boldness and authority. You see, God is calling the misfits. He's calling the underdogs. He's calling the prodigals. Is that you? Those that have been hidden. Those that have felt rejected. He's calling his bride to come out from among them, to consecrate herself. God is ready to anoint Davids and appoint Esthers in this hour. Those who appear the least likely to be raised up. Watch for this. It is the humble and contrite who will be accelerated, the pure streams. This isn't about one person or a particular name or ministry. This is all about Jesus. We will see people who don't look like the stereotypical Christian coming forward to accept Jesus as their Lord and Savior. And many will have tattoos. Many will have piercings. Many will be coming off of hardcore drugs and alcohol abuse, yes. Addictions of all kinds. These are the people who God is calling in this hour along with everyone else. It will be hard for religious types to accept this as it will appear messy. Millions of unchurched people will soon be coming into the relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. We have to be ready for this type of harvest. I've watched this happen for the last couple of years, but it's accelerating. The church will look different than it is for many years. It has not looked like this, friends. This harvest will include the least likely people, many of whom will leave their drug sacks and pipes at the altar and have radical encounters with the Lord Jesus Christ. We'll also see a convergence on key revival epicenters, certain hubs, I believe, that will experience an open heaven and great outpouring of the Holy Spirit and miracle signs and wonders. And this will then flow out to all corners of the globe. Those who come against the church in this hour will be taken down. Don't touch the church. Also, the counterfeits will be exposed. God will not be mocked. Look for even more exposure to come. This is the hour of the rising remnant. Those who are willing to adhere to the full counsel of God. Those that hunger and thirst for righteousness and those that are not afraid of holiness. Those who are anointed by God will thrive as they accept their calling and walk in the authority, anointing, and favor of God despite what is going on around them. You see, it's the anointing that breaks the yoke of bondage. God has called us to occupy until he comes. He will be with us even until the end of the age, and he will never leave us nor forsake us. It's time for all fivefold ministry giftings to work in a godly order and unity in the uh, the ecclesia. For years now, not all the giftings have been celebrated. Many of them have been tolerated. Some of them haven't even been tolerated. And, And they haven't been allowed to flow in their optimal calling due to religious spirit in the church. Have you seen this? Oh yeah, there's a religious spirit. God wants to move in a mighty way in this hour. We must get out of his way and not quench the Holy Spirit. It is by the grace of God that we've been given more time. 
It's important that we understand the significance of this time that we are in and we make the most of this opportunity. Here's what we need to do. We got to cast down fear. We got to cast down doubt. We got to call upon the name of the Lord. We got to repent of any open doors and areas of sin. We got to expect miracles. Be expectant, friend. Saint of God, be expectant. Understand the God that we serve. Have big faith. Be bold. Trust in the Lord. If God is calling you, step up. Be like the prophet Isaiah. Say, send me, I'll go. Our job is to show up. The hour is late. We're meant to go out to cast out and to drive out. This is the church's greatest hour. And we were made for a time as this. This is our opportunity to go deeper with God than ever before, to really press in. This is the hour of the remnant. This is the hour to take a stand, friends. Now, in doing these things, we got to be set apart. The concept of being set apart is a common theme in the Bible, especially in the New Testament, by the way. It's often associated with the idea of holiness. Christians are called to be set apart from the world and its values and and to live our lives in a way that reflects the character and teaching of Jesus Christ. And, you know, if you think about the the best-known passage for this, or at least one of them, is 1 Peter 2.9. It says, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession that you may declare the praises of him who called out to you out of darkness and into his wonderful light and this this verse is describing us as believers that we have a unique and separate calling we have a a calling to come out from among them and to be a people that god has chosen in serving him and proclaiming his goodness are you willing to do that are you willing to proclaim the truth and goodness of god i i'm telling you This is what we got to do. All right, are you fired up? We got one more segment here to go. And I'll wrap this show up. Strategic shifting. What God is doing in this hour. PastorTodd.org. We'll be right back. All right, welcome back to the Todd Cogonato Show. So thankful that you're here. It is a beautiful day. You know, in the book of Amos, let me talk about this. In the book of Amos, God expresses his displeasure with the offerings of the Jewish people. And this is because the people were performing religious rituals and sacrifices without truly understanding the purpose behind them. And they were going through the motions of offering sacrifices, but their hearts were not in the right place. You know, in the, in the New International Version translation of Amos 5, 1 through 24, it says, I hate I despise your religious festivals. Your assemblies are a stench to me. Even though you bring me burnt offerings and grain offerings, I will not accept them, but let justice roll like a river. Wow. Righteousness like a never failing stream. This passage shows that God cares less about the outward appearance of religious rituals and more about the inner attitudes of our actions and the actions of his people. This is it, guys. God desires that his people not only offer sacrifices, but that they live justly and righteously. This means treating others with love and compassion, seeking justice for the oppressed, and living according to God's commandments. The Jewish people had failed to do these things, and so their offerings were not pleasing to God. God God didn't hate the offerings that the Jews were bringing. He, He was displeased that they were performing religious rituals without truly understanding the significance behind them. And without living out the values of of justice and righteousness that these rituals were meant to inspire. I'm not talking about social justice. I'm talking about righteousness, you know, godly justice. One thing that's absolutely for sure 
is you can't fake the anointing of the Holy Spirit. We must be able to be real. You know, we can't, we can't, we can't put on a show. You, you may be able to do it for a while, but eventually what's been done in darkness is going to be brought to light. And, and the prophet uh, Amos, that who lived in the 8th century B.C., was sent by God to prophesy to the people of Israel, warning them of judgment that would come due to their sin and disobedience. And so the book of Amos records the messages that he delivered, including the declaration of destruction upon Israel and the promise of restoration. See, God declared that he would bring destruction upon the people of Israel because of their disobedience and sin. Why do people think God's changed the rules just because we're in the new covenant? No, the people had turned away from God and started to worship idols and engage in their sinful practices. And they had also become wealthy and prosperous, but their wealth was gained through exploitation and injustice and leading to great society and social inequality and the oppression of the poor and, and, and to turn away from the ways of God. That was what really happened. It turned away from the ways of God. So Amos, the prophet, a real prophet, declared that God had given him a word, that God was going to punish the people for their sins, and he would send a famine, a drought, and other disasters to the land. And he warned that the people's wealth and power would not save them from the coming judgment. Listen to this. And that the nation would be destroyed. However, in the midst of his warning and judgment, God also promised to restore his people. He declared that after the destruction, he would rebuild the nation and restore it to its former glory. And this restoration would be based on justice and righteousness. Again, godly justice. Rather than ex, uh, exploitation and oppression. God promised that he would bless the people and make them a great and prosperous nation again. So this is important for us to understand. Okay, in, in Amos 9, 9 through 10, it says this. For behold, I will command and shake the house of Israel among all the nations as one shakes with a sieve, but no pebble shall fall to the earth. All the sinners of my people shall die by the sword who say disaster shall not overtake or meet us. Friends, we are in a time right now where there is people that have blinders over their, their eyes. They just think that, you know, it's, it's called the normalcy bias. They think that nothing's ever going to happen that everything's just going to stay. America is always going to be the great superpower. We're always going to have the global reserve. You know, we don't have, they don't have an urgency. They got their heads buried. Oh, let me find a social justice church in my town. I, I need to find a church. Do you know of a church that celebrates the LGBTQ? Are you kidding me? You might as well just get on there and say, hey, can you find me a satanic church? I mean, can I just be blunt? <laughs> Am I ever not? Uh, you know, I mean, where do you think you're going? You think you're going to a real church when you're going to a place that blatantly disobeys scripture? No, you're not going to a church, not a church of God. People are looking for uh, a church that fits their standards, not God's standards. And this is why, and the people wonder why we're in the state we're in. Yes, there is a remnant. Thank God. That's why we're still here. But the remnant's got to mobilize. We've got to stop being weak tired weary beat down we got to stop having doubt listen this is our time to put on our our warriors hat okay this is a this is a time of warriors this is a warrior class christian it's not a weak sauce soy boy christian in this hour it's a it's a warrior class and if we if we don't do that we're gonna we're not gonna make it friends our nation we're gonna lose our country i can't be any more blunt than that we're on the cusp of some major cataclysmic disruptions. And the people that are prophesying out there, oh, everything's going to be great. They're lying to you. 
Because unless the people of God repent, we've got to repent. Now, we can turn it around. I have hope because I'm seeing people realizing that the deceivers are deceivers and they're showmen and they're playing a character and people are looking, they're yearning, they're hungering for real and authenticity. And that's like what we saw in Asbury where people were on their faces crying out to God, repenting. If we see that around, God wants to move in the churches around the country. He wants to move like he did there and even greater. He wants to move in miracle signs and wonders. He wants us to see a powerful move of God in this hour. He does. He wants to move. That's why we're still here. He does want to move, friends. I am not out of hope, but I'm sounding the alarm. Sounding the alarm for those that have ears to hear, those that hunger and thirst for righteousness, whatever it is that we can do. Look, there's only so much that Todd Coconado can do in a day. I'm going to be real. My wife knows I have limitations. Only so many people I can speak to. Only so, only so many broadcasts I can do. Only so many things that I can go out and speak at or, or you know, try to help people in the community or whatever it is that we're doing on that day. But here's the thing. Every one of us can do something. We can show up. We can get out. I know life is exhausting, but every time you start feeling defeated, take that as a, a call to action. Be the change. We've got to be the change, and we can't grow weary. I'm telling you right now, I'm going to spend all the next few minutes just talking about this. I walk around my house speaking in tongues. I walk around my house praising God. I walk around my house. Sometimes I get on my knees in the middle of the night. I just start getting on my knees right in front of my bed. I just start crying out to God. I put on worship music. I weep for the country. I do. And look, I'm no better than you. I'm not trying to get a big pat on the back for this. What I'm saying is that's what we, we, when I pray, something changes. I've seen it so many times. And I know you know what I'm talking about. Devil doesn't want us praying. He doesn't want us believing. He doesn't want us having faith. He doesn't want us knowing the word. What was spoke on this program today, if these things are applied, it'll be a game changer. A game changer. And look, I can't affect everybody and you can't affect everybody, but we can affect the people that are in our lives. We can affect the people that God's put around us. You know, if you're going to a church where the pastor won't even talk about these things, it's time to seek another church. I'm telling you, we, we've got to be out there. We've got to be a people of action. We've got to be affecting the community. We've got to be talking about these things. And, and there's really no excuse at this point because I know there are true pastors that are speaking truth. So if you don't like listening to this broadcast, there's others out there. There's not a lot, but there are some. Find one that's speaking truth and, and stand with that community and come up with a game plan. Develop a community. De develop an action strategy for the neighborhood, for the community, how you can get people saved, how you can help the poor, how you can do the work of the kingdom. Not, 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 you know, these people that are taking the money and becoming real wealthy and having mansions and all this stuff while, while the people are on the people's backs, while there's such a need. Listen, God is not going to tolerate that much longer. You watch for a major expose in the next couple of years. God is, those people, if, if they don't get their hearts right, I'm telling you right now, it's not going to be pretty. God sees all. But don't, you know what? Vengeance is mine, says the Lord. It's not our job to fight that battle. Our job is to show up, to praise the name of the Lord, to be empowered in our faith, strengthened in our faith, encouraged in our faith, out there exhorting, encouraging others by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. Share your testimony. Go to the coffee shop. Share your testimony with somebody. You're on an airplane. Somebody starts talking to you or something. You don't know where that conversation is going to go. Start sharing your story. 
I'm telling you, it's the little things. You never know if you're sitting next to the next Billy Graham. You never know if you're sitting next to the, the next history maker. That might be the very person that God strategically put next to you, your child that you're raising. Raise him up in the ways of the Lord. Don't just compromise. I see all these people on my post where I said, I'm not going to be celebrating Halloween. Oh, I love Halloween. You're it is a satanic holiday. If the church can't even recognize that, I mean, if the church can't stop participating in sinful things and be set apart, if we just, oh, I just like it. I just like it. I don't want to stop doing that. I mean, do we care do we understand that we serve a holy, righteous God, a powerful God? I mean, think about who we serve. He is holy. He's worthy of praise. Think about all the things he's taken you through in your life. Think about all the times he's come through for you. He's such a good father. He wants us to have an encounter with him. Let's have an encounter with him. This is a new season. Today is the first day of the rest of your life. Go out there and be a history maker. God bless you. Hey everybody, thank you so much for tuning in to today's broadcast. Hope you enjoyed the show. Uh, please share this show with others. We're being censored on social media quite a bit. Thank you for sharing. Uh, those that have a heart to support the ministry, you can go to pastortodd.org or toddcoconado.com slash give. I thank you so much. I pray that you're having a good week and we just bless you. We say favor and blessing in Jesus' name. All right, talk to you soon.